You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books, the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Welcome to Bourbon and Books on another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev, along with our dear cousin Jeff. Gentlemen, how are you? Yo, I'm uh, 10 toes down instead of 10 toes up. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to just say I've seen better days, but we here. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like it's been a while since we've convened. Yes. And why he had to start off so deep? I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah, man. I'm just saying, like, because. Uh, I'm talking about run up. Oh, yeah. That, that, I done that, seen better days. You that, too. Like, that, too, man. That too, but I, but I think it's part of, uh, part of what we came to discuss this evening in terms of our book of the month, man. But um, yeah, man, I just want to say it's good to see both of y'all. Man. Yeah, yeah. Damn. It's been a minute, but we back. We back. We back again. Full throttle. We back again. We back again, trying to get educated <laughs> on things that are uh, some, somewhat slightly beyond our understanding. So you pick up a book to yeah. get understanding. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. That's it. What an offering plate. Hey, man, we ain't going to pass it just yet, man. But I will say we're going to drop some gems. Um, in our perspective on life visioning, a transformative process for activating your unique gifts and highest potential by Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. Life visioning, a transformative process for activating your unique gifts and highest potential. So, you know, yeah. in, in true Bourbon and Books fashion, yeah. um, I will say that it was suggested by, I want to say you, Kev, that we did a self-help book. Because um, yeah. we've done a lot of biographies or music-inspired um, works of literature. And so you suggested this. Uh, the self-help genre. Wait, wait a second, man. I ain't going to really take all the credit for it. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily that I was like, yo, we need self-help. We're going to do this book. Fair. You know, I ain't going to take, because I don't know how, I don't know what the rating's going to be like. Like, <laughs> if, if the rating, if the rating's going to be tough at the end, then yeah, then I put it out here. I was a forward thinker. But don't, don't throw me under the bus Fair. too early. So you suggested that we do a self-help book. Yes. You know, a self-help book yes. to kind of just... You know things that are that things that we kind of wrestle with on yeah. a daily basis, but you know we just want better understanding. So I was looking at it from that perspective as self help. Yeah, like you know, let's not necessarily like how how to uh, uh, do it yourself type books that are, are readily available, but something that could we could get something out to continue to try to uplift people and and give people like a, a different thought process. Fair. Yeah, and we have arrived at life visioning so in normal bourbon and books fashion when you first saw the cover or you read the title what were your initial thoughts well for me um you know i I thought it was about like um for some reason vision boards just popped up in my head like real rap you know what i'm saying like life visioning i'm just thinking like okay all right Interesting. Want me to do a damn vision board? X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I was like, damn, I ain't know I really signed up for this kind of self help. Right. 
I didn't know that. And so I said, all right, Kev, you know, we got in this lane for a reason because, you know, we got to challenge people to kind of think differently or just expand your horizons. You know what I'm saying? And so when I read uh, up on the book after it was suggested, um, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is kind of more in the spiritual realm versus like when you think about um, manifesting vision boards, visualization to like, New Year's kind of, resolution. Yeah, New stuff. Year's resolution, trying to create, craft your life the way you want it for like, you know, mm-hmm. can I hit can I hit this 1.9 Billy <laughs> that's on the Powerball or, you know, can I get a new, can I get a new Beamer? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was, it was a, it was a, it, it seemed like it was an elevated level of thinking beyond like, oh man, how can I craft my life to get some shit that's probably irrelevant, but you know, I, you know, I need to style today. Yeah. Yeah. Why style tomorrow when you can style today? Yeah. So it kind of forced me to think beyond, beyond, you know, like vision boards, you know, and then a brother, a brother was on the cover of the joint. So I was like, all right, well, you know, let me give him a chance. But then I read up on him and I was like, all right, well, it's like one, like this book is like one of Oprah's top, top books of all time, like the fix yep. shit. <laughs> Or to improve shit in your life, so I say I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go against Queen Oprah, man. I'm gonna have an open mind. We'll see what's going on with the book. Fair, fair. And so that was like my first interpretation, just based on title alone, seeing the brother on the cover, and then kind of looking at like, all right, what have I gotten myself into? I would say for me, um, that's interesting. Like life visioning, I didn't go automatically to like vision board. But I was like, I can see how somebody could could go to like vision board. But you know, me being, being a black man, I saw that cover. I said, "What the Millie Vanilli we got going on here?" Yo, I did think about Millie Vanilli, girl. Yeah. You know it's true when I seen the dude <laughs> on the cover. It is. Yeah. I'm, being, I'm being honest with the people hey. who may pick this book up. That hey, is my man. first thought. Say less, man. I just wanted to throw myself out there like you were not alone. <laughs> I, that's what I first thought. Then I was like, Alien versus Predator. And I know that's not right, but that's just where my mind went. And I was just like, I don't know what we got planned on reading. But again, to your point, I'm like, Black man, I'm. I'm for it. You know, like, let me, let me give this a chance. And again, that's like, that's like the first, just looking at the cover. I won't get too much in the book, but I'll say when I first started reading, I was like, Oh, this is what self-help is. It, Cause it, it had me thinking like, I'm like, maybe I've never really read a self-help uh. book before. So yeah, that's kind of like where I was in the beginning. Okay. I, um, so when I was able to, I was dropping the books into the chat, like, hey, I found some. I didn't want the typical, um, like, there was, I think Antoine Fisher wrote a book, like, 21 Things That Every Young Man Should Do. Like, I didn't want to find, like, a self-help book like that. I wanted, like, let me find, let me see what we can, we can go beneath the surface on, right? Because typically you'll you'll see... And this is no shade, right? It's typically you just see a lot of self-help books 
that we typically will read doesn't really go beyond the shit that we already know. How to get money, how to get yeah. money, how to how to increase your I wealth. like that Rick Ross book we read. Cause I guess that was self-help and yeah. it, it was, it like was we, very, it, it was stuff we knew. Yeah. Right. It was done in a refreshing way and entertaining way, but it's like, I didn't really close his book and, and say, all right, let's get to work. Yeah. There was no paradigm shift. There was, me. there was nothing. And so, yeah. um, I read the reviews on this and I was like, Oh, I mean, you got white people praising this book. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> this, this must be all right. Right. And so, um, <laughs> life visioning, I didn't really know what to expect off of the title alone. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's get it. Let's have the vision for your life. Um, but when you started to read it, and I had the audiobook, so I have I have it in print, and I remember I I started reading it a very long time ago. I didn't get past chapter one. I don't know what the reason was. Evidently, it wasn't meant for me to read at that point in my life. As I'm applying everything in which the book contained, um, but the audiobook, I think. Just say it. The audio book, outside of the music, I was all right. It was, it was, the music threw me because I'm just like. Why did I feel like he was trying to sell us like his gospel mixtape? Because he's playing the, he's playing tracks between the chapters, bro. And I was like, I've never heard this before in my life. I get what he was doing, but why did he drop it here? (laughs) Like, and what? Is this? <laughs> yeah, I was expecting like an email. Yo, you purchased this Audible, this Audible book. Yo, here's a corresponding uh, mix, mix gospel, mix spiritual music. It was tape. <laughs> so I definitely kept hitting the thirty second fast forward button. I was like, okay, we got it. Um, but as I began to listen, um, I will be completely honest with you. This it took me a very long time to get through it. Because I had to keep going back. Yes. Um, Because as I was driving, I was hearing something and I was like, good. You know, Audible, you can click on the add the bookmark. But I couldn't really type what I really wanted to say. So I just said one word to save it. And then I would hear it and I was like, "Mm, go back and really listen to what they said. Right. And so it took me a very long time to get through it. And. I went back and listened two additional times um, while I one while I wasn't driving. And then the other one was while I was like doing my meditation or the yoga. So I could literally steal everything that was around me and listen to what was being said. Right. Activating a lot of the stuff that was within the book. And so I will say that this book it caused me to do a lot of reflecting. Um, and, you know, typically when you read a book or listen to a book, however, whatever your format is, you like, you, you may reflect on it and be like, you know what, that was a good book. Or let me jot this down. And then you go on and live your life as previously scheduled. This one really, this one was a disruptor. For me, like it disrupted a lot of things that I like. My week was disrupted. Like I, I literally stopped doing a lot of things during the week. 
and started instantly activating or implementing some of the things that took place within the book. Um, there were some things that caught me off guard, and I was like, wait, hold on, wait, say that again, what'd you say? Um, but then I had to check myself and was like, listen with the ear behind the ear. And I thought that would, like every time he kept saying, listen with your ear behind the ear, I was like, mm, you finna make me work. <laughs> like, I was like, this, this, this brother's finna make me think and work. And I was very appreciative of it. What, what, like, so once you started listening or reading, like, what, what happened? What did you experience as you progressed through the chapters? Something quick I just wanted to say. I'm, I'm happy that it appears that we're on the same page in terms of he uses uncommon words. And it forces you to have to reread for clarity because, you know, I'm like, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm slow. Maybe I'm not, I'm not getting this information like I should. Um, and I actually did the audio as well. What was funny or not so funny. I was trying to get the physical book. So I said, Hey, you know, let me go to the library. I'm paying my taxes. I might as well go get this free book. Fair. It just wasn't there. So after a while I was like, all right, I just got to buy the audio and, and move on. Um, but yeah, this book really forces you to stop and, and pay attention. For me, I went through it once. And to be honest, I was, it's like, I heard a lot of stuff, but it's like, what does this mean? What is he trying to say? Yeah. And I actually had to do supplemental <laughs> to this book. Um, whereas it wasn't necessarily stop and go. I just like listened to like other things where he kind of like talked more about like different concepts that he talks about in the book. So to your point, this book forced you to do a lot of work and I'll leave it at that in terms of, you know, just my original thoughts. And as I was like going through um, some of the concepts. Well, for me, man, like I've been on like a, I would probably say about a seven, eight year spiritual journey. Right. And one of the deep questions that I've always asked was all your major religions in the world are founded in like this in the same principles love, peace, patience, forgiveness. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like our our ability to understand one another as human beings. It has to be patience because we're we're complex individuals. You have to be kind because, you know, there are things going on in the world that are bigger than us. And I always wondered, like, yo, why is it always beef? It's beef, it's beef like all the time. And one of the lines in the book that um he spoke about was that a lot of people feel like they need to fight for what they believe in. But if you got to fight for it, do you really believe in it? Mm. You practice what you believe in. You don't fight for what you believe in. Right. And it kind of just, it, it kind of made me really think and investigate similar to you, Jeff, a little further. When you talk about God, regardless of the form by which you identify with God, right? It's one source, 
we all come from one source but the way the way uh the world is designed right when you kind of when he kind of talks about the the four stages of consciousness he talks about you know victim manifesto uh channel and being and in the victim aspect it's like yo people are always in a state of mind that the world the world air quotes is doing something to you yeah. right you're reacting to what the world does you're reacting to what uh people do and one of the things that he talked about in the book he was like yo a lot of times if the world air quotes is doing something to you it's driven by a person or an individual and a lot of times it might not be that there's like this large strategic plan that they're trying to they trying to shit on you or it might not be this perspective of like they got something on you or against you their decision making process by which you might be conflicted with or impacts you is it's driven by ignorance like think about this shit racism driven by ignorance sexism driven by ignorance all the isms driven by ignorance right and then it's kind of like all right then we use religion political stances to create this separation but if we're all from one source and he kind of brings it back into like biblical things that i could understand but i still had to hear it again like all right well yo if god is in all of us then why shouldn't i give you understanding why shouldn't why 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 should why shouldn't i uh be uh quick to forgive and and quick to listen and slow to speak and so he's kind of weaving through these different channels of things that i've really been trying to like explore with my own life over the last seven years and it just brought everything to like the the forefront for me because i think a lot of times when you kind of look at the victim the manifester the the channel the being i think it's black men in particular we don't want to. We 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 don't want to dwell on being the victim, but it's easy to it's easy to it's easy to play the victim because we've been victimized. Absolutely, right. But then in our own head, it's like, you know, when you when you think about black empowerment, Black Panthers, Nation of Islam, when they talk about self empowerment. It's a, it's a level of manifestation that takes place. I'm black. I'm beautiful. I'm powerful. I I am I am all that I need, right? And so when you kind of talk about those affirmations and you talk about um, trying to speak things into existence because we've been in situations where we've been victimized for so long, it's like you. At some point, you got to stop being the victim and try to manifest and speak and believe and process to what you need in order to live a fruitful and fulfilling life based on like what your true values are. And so the, the book in itself, man, I just thought it was I thought it was kind of dope. I had to kind of hit keep hitting the rewind button, too. But then I was like, I was I was like, yo, all right, well, he who is he who is in me is greater than what's in the world. Yeah. Like, yo, this is what he's talking about. Or, or you know, um, the five percenters would say, you know, the world is filled with gods and earths. Like, we, we, we are gods because we come from God. 
but we can't but but our tribulations when we play in that victim role it puts us in a box and so we limit god we put god in a box when we put in a box we put god in a box too and like that was some of the gems that i kind of ciphered decipher out of having to listen to it over and over it's like yo we we are our own worst enemy at times but he was he was trying to give us tools to not dwell in like the bs and show show a level of gratitude but also understand that you know as spirits we we come from a source we're here on this earth to learn a lesson and for real for real life is but a hologram he hit that joint in the book man it's like yo life is you know it's life is different and you only get a certain finite moment in time to kind of be that channel and to feel the the state of being all of us interconnected, all of us one, all of us uh, are in alignment. Because like the world is designed to keep us in disarray and not in alignment and separated and segregated. I mean to get like Gandhi, MLK, Malcolm. Let them use you. Let them use you. But, but, but I'm... <laughs> I I would refuse I refuse to play the victim cousin Jeff. I I position myself for good. Yeah. For good beyond my imagination, expectation, reality. Yo, it's like like we got to tell this shit to ourselves. Like we really got to speak it, believe it, receive it. And I think that's what, that was like at the heart the, the heart of it for me. I didn't disagree with his perspective. Um, I think I'm at a stage of life in terms of maturity where I can see what someone is trying to say, or I can, I can, like, I, I, I can get that. I, I see your perspective and it's not that I don't disagree because I see it. It's not saying that I don't disagree. It don't disagree with it. I feel like the type of religion that he speaks about is is from a place of privilege um and the reason why i said and again you know i can easily be guilty of that the 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 different stages that he talks about it's like i agree i agree with it i also we talk about like you know this thing of being the victim somebody else did it to me where where i am in life and where i sit it's like, yeah, playing the victim is not going to get you anywhere. However, I do understand that folks who have not had the opportunities like me, it just always feels like someone is conspiring against you for a number of reasons. Um, I feel like being Black sometimes, being Black, (laughs) uh, in let's just say if i'm in silver spring maryland versus being black in southeast and making a mistake can be detrimental depending on where i'm at yes so and and that's why i'm like i i agree i'm gonna say i want to say agree i see this perspective but i do i do feel like it, it comes from a place of privilege be, you know and because and give you give folks like a little bit of background on um mike i'm just gonna call him mike i'm black i ain't gonna say all three names you know, <laughs> Mike went to Morehouse, then he trans- transferred to USC, 
And then at a young age, he stopped following religion. And then he had his religious awakening. And at that point, he felt like he essentially had a um, kind of like a moment with God. Like he saw God clearly, something happened to him. And he was almost, when we think about communion, not communion, when we think about um, being baptized and then like you go, you get dipped in the water, you come back up, you come up a new man. So he he awakened as like this new being, someone who was positive, someone who, hey, things aren't just happening to me. Like, I'm not going to be a, a victim. I'm going to be intentional. You know, I'm going to visualize. I'm, I'm going to live in this place of like the flow and the zone he talks about. And I'm going to be at one with God. And it's like, you know what? I, I can see that and I can adopt that. And I don't see nothing wrong with that perspective, but Again, I just I just feel like that is coming from a place of privilege somewhat. And and and, and last thing I'll say is and when I talk about coming from privilege, you know, just breaking out like his background. You was at Morehouse. Everybody don't get into Morehouse. Morehouse don't even do, don't even give like scholarships like that. So that tells me your parents had some type of means for you to be there. Then you at USC. USC is super expensive. Um I'm not sure what he was studying. However, probably if you graduate from a school like that, you're going to be fine, whatever lane you end up going down. So I'm going to keep it right there for the moment. I like I like where you were going, man. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge what you said and I'll push back a little bit because I didn't, I kind of figured like, yo, if you in this space and like Oprah shouting you out, man, Yep. I kind of figured like, yo, man. So it was a few things in your life that went right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But I think for me to indulge and engage with the book upon our initial selection, I kind of had to check a lot of my biases at the door too. Mm. Right. And so a lot of the things that he was saying in the book, from my standpoint, I looked at it and evaluated it, not from a place of privilege, but from a place of tragedy in a a place of loss Mm. in a place of suffering Mm. that I've, that I've gone through myself through my relationships or uh, economic situations or uh, abandonment Mm. or loss and even challenges and things that I've encountered over the last year. Right. And I kind of looked at it like, all right, for people that potentially lack exposure or lack kind of the the means to have the ability to explore their spirituality. Let's be real. Most black people forced into some kind of religion, man. Oh, absolutely. By where where you was born, where in the country you was born, who your parents are, et cetera. I don't think, I don't think it's a black person in America that woke up and said, oh, I'm going to be the religion that I'm, I'm going to be a part of the religion that I'm practicing today. <laughs> it's all forced on you. And so for me, I kind of looked at it like, all right, if I've had a series of challenges and tragedies in my life, how do you heal from it? Part of how you heal from it is acknowledging the things and feeling the feelings that you know he described in the book accepting those feelings and then also making a consistent and conscious effort 
to try to move beyond those feelings and heal from those those feelings in a productive way. Whereas you you can't move forward in your life if you constantly blaming, you know, yo, yo, man, she broke up with me in like 98, man. It was a terrible thing. So now like next 20 years, all my relationships is jacked because I ain't healed from what happened in 98. And so I was, I, I, I took what he was saying more so as like, there's going to come a time in your life, regardless of your background, regardless of your circumstances, that you're going to have to create a mechanism for yourself if you want to live up to your full potential. And a lot of that requires you to forgive and move past, like past traumas, past hurts, past experiences that we could say, well, yo, Shit, MJ got cut, you know, lack of a better analogy, MJ got cut from the basketball team in high school. If he gave up right there, will we have an MJ? Like, at some point, you got to be moved beyond playing with well, Dan. They cut me because I wasn't good enough or they didn't like me or whatever, whatever. And it's like, all right, well, one, one of the final chapters in the book, he kind of goes through the process of envisioning your greatness. And then what's the commitment that you're going to make to yourself to achieve the vision that you saw? And is the commitment worth it? And so it's like a lot of these questions, I think it was more so he was trying to get us to ask certain questions, test our belief and values beyond our current circumstances. So like regardless of where you're from and regardless of the level of victimization that you've experienced and whatever that is, at some point, your background, my background, Ronald's background, we got to figure out how to move beyond it to be our best self. You know, that, that whole concept of making yourself available for good that's beyond, you know, your expectations, manifestations, uh, imagination, and I forget the other one that he's talking about. But it's like, we, we got to kind of reprogram our mind and say, you know what? Be, even beyond the bullshit, I won't play a victim because I'm warranted, I'm worthy of something that's greater than my own imagination could process. So I, I like I get what you were saying, but I but I kind of I kind of see what you were saying, but I just interpret it a different way. I saw this as um <laughs> I saw this as his Moses walk, right? I saw <laughs> So this is Kevin. Kevin knows what I mean by that. Um, I I saw this as a journal of his journey inward, mm-hmm. and um, I will say that I had a greater appreciation of the fusion of the different religions that he made mention to. Um especially when he talked about the holy book of laws for different religions, right? The Bible, the Quran, and just in the similarities and that all of the religions really point into one direction. Um, there, there were so many gems that he dropped. Um, like choice is a function of awareness. Like I, I, Press pause, and for an hour and 40-some minutes as I finished my drive home, I was thinking about all of the choices that were made 
in the past couple months or even years. And I was measuring my level of awareness. What was I aware of when I made these decisions and these choices? Right. And, and when he talked about love and law and how those are the things that really govern us, it, it, <laughs> he dropped a lot of stuff. The book was heavy, bro. Like, I, the book, this book really made me disconnect from anything that had no relevance. Like after, after I went through a chapter, I literally, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't watching TV. Like I literally was sitting in a room silent. And just trying to like categorize the things that I was feeling or experiencing based on the journey that he just took me through in one chapter. The affirmation um, that he said, like one of his most powerful affirmations was, I'm available to what wants to evolve and emerge through me. And I'm willing to practice and embody what it takes for it to do so. Heavy. And I can't remember the quote, but he said it often that we can't see what we're not willing to be. Yeah, yeah. Or, <clears throat> yeah, or, that, that, that was the quote. And, and basically saying, like, whatever it is that you want to see come to happen, we have to become it in the yeah. conscious yeah. that blew my mind and I'm just like whoa but then that goes back to the oneness and that goes back to unity that he talked about and to the religion aspect right like none of this can really happen and he's like you know because we're spiritual beings we we don't have a birth and we don't have a death and I was just like, huh. And then today, right, I was actually at a funeral. And as I'm listening to the things that's happening, that's being said at the funeral, and I'm reflecting on a lot of the things that he said within the book, I'm just like, this is the type of teaching that will help people process and manage that grief a lot if we if we recognize or we yield our control right because he talked about yielding control to different things like surrender means i'm yielding i'm yielding control and then i was like wow how how often like how many times throughout the day could we like get out of certain situations if we just yield Right? We're not saying that this situation is right. We're not saying that it's wrong. But what we are saying is that I'm yielding to, to the power that's bigger than you and I. And the power is going to work itself out. So it, and he was like, listen with love. Yeah. Like, to you know, be intentional. Be intentional when, when somebody... Because, it, like, the premise was like, 
nobody listens to one another. So when somebody actually listens to you, like it's a heightened level of appreciation for it. So you should listen with the intent to listen with love. Yeah. Right. And yeah, man, from that, from that standpoint, it just, it kind of just pushed my way of thinking. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it wasn't anything that it wasn't like he said anything that challenged my religious upbringing. Right. There was nothing that made me question what was taught to me or who taught these things to me. And two things can be true at once. You have this framework. What else needs to be added to the framework so that it can actually be used as a frame to work? And it was... It was similar to, like, you've, you've, okay, you've passed the first stage. You've got this information to pass the first stage. Use it to go to the second stage. But I think a lot of us have, especially black men, I think a lot of us have stayed on the surface for a lot of the things that we're dealing with. Um, and it's not until much later, right? Thinking about like, if you were given this book when you were 18 and you were given the space and grace to process all this, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Right. I wouldn't have had context. Missing context. Right. So it's, it, it was, by divine power and wisdom that we were given this book when we were at a space to receive it. And he also talked about being able to receive, mm-hmm. right? When people say things to you, be able to receive it. And when things happen, uh, I, and I, a lot of this stuff has really heavily influenced how I approach some coaching conversations recently, right? Going back to the victim mentality I always challenge my clients to say not why is this happening to me but why is this happening for me mm-hmm. like this didn't happen to me this is happening for me what am I supposed to get out of this and I mean we've heard it you know, you shift your perspective, you sh- you change what you look at, and then you eventually change what you see. Mm-hmm. And if we are always looking at why me, why me, why me, we'll never be powerful enough to stand up and say, why not me? And it's all in the perspective. And where we, I think it's easier for the mind to reside in the negative. Figuratively and literally, it's easier because it requires much more effort on our end to shift from negative to positive. One of my favorite books is called Three Seconds, and that's literally how long it takes for your brain to go from negative to positive. And so I'm thinking about when we typically have a conversation with people, oh, yo, how was the event? I mean, it was good, but... 
and you're telling me everything that went wrong with the event, everything that was wrong with, well, what did you like? And I always laugh when my clients give me the negative first. I'm just like, okay, did you like anything about the event? And then they tell me, I was like, well, why didn't you just tell me what you liked? And I think we, we as humans, we, we are paying rent in that negative space. And we've been classically conditioned to stay in that space. And I think that has caused us to miss out on so many opportunities, spaces and places, right? And, and graces because our negativity shows up before we even, even, even show up. And this makes me think about a recent conversation that I had with a friend and to that point of, I, f- I feel like in our mind, you know, we, it's easier for, for us to just live in that negative space because if something isn't perfect, then we automatically think like it wasn't like good enough. And what I mean by that, you know, you go to an event and it was some good stuff, but it was some stuff that didn't go so well. But because that event wasn't perfect, I'm just going to gravitate to like these are things that went wrong you date somebody you know they wasn't the perfect person it didn't work out you're not gonna say look it didn't work out um but i had x time normally people going it didn't work out because of all these things so in having that conversation you know i just said look because what we were talking about a lot of it was about relationships and it was hey you know I want to get married, X, Y, and Z, but I'm working on myself right now. And I just, I said, look, you don't have to wait until you're perfect <laughs> in order to like talk to somebody or or find someone. I'm like, as long as you're taking like the step in the right direction, yeah. somebody good can, you know, come along your way. This whole thing about perfection and, and waiting for that, you'll be waiting your whole life. And guess what? Nobody's perfect. So I think a lot of times, it's easy for our mind to just jump to, oh, this went wrong, that went wrong, because if it ain't 100% right or 100% correct, we I feel like we automatically think like something wrong with it. Yeah. And and to that point, I had a conversation with someone the other day, and I was, I was really quiet. And they was like, oh, man, what's wrong? And I said, does something have to be wrong for me just be in a space to where I'm existing and I'm quiet? Does does something have to be wrong? And they looked at me for a couple seconds and they was like, I hope I didn't offend you. I was like, no offense taken. I'm just I'm just inquiring why you automatically assume that something was wrong. Why is it our human nature to jump straight to the negative instead of saying, hey, is everything okay? And I don't think we are aware that that's how we show up because awareness, what he talked about, I, I, I don't, I don't think we are aware of our framework. I don't think we are aware of the filters that we are looking and listening through. I don't think we are aware of the energy that we are putting out as well as the energy that we are attracting back to us. 
and and the byproduct is the the barriers that we create. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it goes back to that awareness, right? And Jeff, that's a very good example. I hear individuals all the time. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. So you're looking for a partner. Um, and all of the places that you've previ- previously gone, you haven't found one. And they was like, yeah. So why do you keep looking in the same places? And you haven't healed from that place either. Yeah. You, you keep going back to the well of, of hurt and trauma. Yeah, you, you keep going back yeah. to, you don't want to. <laughs> Choice. Choice. Right. Right. Like yeah. I, I, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago. I, yeah, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't want no man that's always in the club and blah, blah, blah. So why are you going to the club to meet a man? Like, help me understand. <laughs> like, just going back to, are you aware? Right. And I typically ask this question. I'm, I'm getting better because typically I would just be like, this is what you're doing. But I'm just like, let me ask the question because he made a good point. Sometimes we aren't aware of our energy or how we're showing up. Are you aware that your mind doesn't know or can't separate negative self-talk versus positive self-talk. Your mind doesn't know when you're joking. Right? And so if you're joking with yourself, you're like, man, that was, that was a dumb movie. You're such an idiot. Your mind doesn't really know you're joking. And so because you're putting this thing out there, it's going to come right back to you. So, like, if you're getting dressed a certain way to go out to a certain place to attract a certain thing, you can't get mad when you get that which you were seeking. And it requires that level of awareness, being in tune, going back to the oneness. You got to be ready to become that which you're looking for. And I, I, we could go on and for hours and hours and I'm just, go, I'm just going to say, um, closing thoughts and then we'll go into the black power fist rating. Cause I felt this going for like two more episodes. I caught myself. Closing thoughts. Um, you know, I'll sum it up real quickly, you know. <clears throat> the book was insightful for me. Um, gave me additional things to think about in my own awakening process, uh, in my own exploration of um, how to how to best leverage and maximize my spirit in this physical world, man, and how to do it and how to do it without, from a place of love and, and, and clear vision and understanding and, 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 and not put um, my expectations of, of, of God or supreme being or, or better yet expectations of myself in a box. And so I think, you know, the book in itself was inspiring from that regard and um, it, it came from a sincere place. 
from the from the author's account. You know, I, I kind of did some digging in terms of his background, et cetera. And it's like, you know, in this world, we got light workers, man, and everybody working a light in a different in their own way. So, you know, it's like I right, you gotta be a little more open to a, a a different point of view or a different outlook. And I think this book gave me that. Oh, I thought we were doing the um I was, if, we can, right? But if you have closing Oh, y'all want thoughts, me to the joint? If, you want I was just gonna I just ran through my closing thoughts, you know. You want me to throw the, it's, the it's sauce a, on it's it too? You might as well. You might as well. I said I might as well. All right, well, you know, on a uh on a uh, on a scale of 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 five black power fists on a G G R G bourbon and book scale, man. I'm gonna give it four fists, man. Give it four solid fists. Cause I do think I do think it's uh, it was something different for us. Um, it, 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 he did drop some knowledge in the book, gave me a different level of understanding, perspective, some things that I think I can use. And you know, I probably go back and listen to the later chapters again to really take full advantage of um, a lot of the exercises that he laid out in the book. Cause you know, when it comes to um, meditation and all that man my dad gonna focus and concentration be all over the place so that's something i know i gotta work on so i give it a solid four fist man y'all i want to know if the people ready for me now, here we go here we go I was... <laughs> no you here we go <laughs> I, i'm just going to reinforce something i said earlier there takes a certain maturity to read this kind of book. One, you're not going to be able to just read through it, um, you know, from start to finish. And I feel like get everything that it needs. On top of that, I really didn't like the audio because I think it was his tone. His tone was just, it was too mundane. And to be honest, I, f I thought it was a, a bit interesting that when you like watch some of like his videos and things, it's different than how he normally speaks. I have no problem with the way he normally speaks, but something he was doing in the audio was kind of just throwing. It was Sidney Poitier-ish, man. It was, he put extra, <laughs> he put like extra dramatization on certain things, man. I was just like, yo, I see he dropped the mixtape on us in that joint and I felt like he was auditioning for some shit. It was, it was kind I of like it. a lot going on. It's I like, but that, but that, but that gave you the mini, the Millie Vanilli joint too, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, when you said Millie Vanilli, I was like, damn, that's what that's. Yes, that's as, as they say, that's what bag he was in. Yeah, <laughs> he was definitely in that on that audio. But yeah, you know, it takes a certain um, maturity. I'll also say like he uses you know meditation and affirmative language kind of as a means to create like inner peace and what he considers like higher consciousness in like everyday life. Um, three of the things that I like took from the book was before, and, it, and this is like what I felt like he is putting out there before you can have the life you want, you need to stop blaming the world for the life you have right now. Very uh, self-explanatory. Another one was instead of focusing on goal setting, focus on setting like intentions instead. So, you know, turning that perspective shift from what do I have to do instead of why am I doing it? 
Um, and then the third thing I kind of got from it was, you know, you have to look at your life as a whole and not just pay attention to the parts that you thrive in. And this is, it can be difficult because in social media, you know, all you're seeing is these highlight reels. What he's saying is, look, don't just focus on everything that's good. Like, look at your entire, like, life, even the areas where you're not doing, like, so well. And, you know, because that plays into, like, self-reflection, which he feels like a lot of people don't do a good job at because we're just focused in on this is what I do good. This is what I want to put out there. And that's it. And it appears that what he's trying to get people to understand is when you are able to understand what you do well in, things that you struggle in, to improve on those, it can propel you to, I guess, a, a greater space if you looked at like everything in its fullness. Yeah. Um, and I'll say one of the last things I, I felt like he was communicating is that, you know, we're not in this world to get anything our purpose is to activate from the sacred as he called yes from within are you willing to do what's necessary to embody our truest envision for our life i feel like this book made it made a lot of like good points um for me i don't think i would reread this book however you know, I know he has like a paid subscription in terms of like going through his course. I don't know if I would do like the paid version <laughs> and I'm cheap. Definitely but, on YouTube, Mr. Beckwith. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Beckwith. But I would, I would, I would like <laughs> look into that more because I feel like he just spends more time talking about like these concepts. And Toronto's point is just like having that time to kind of like go through and reflect. I didn't necessarily spend a lot of time like putting like me in it. Because I feel like I was just trying to understand, like, well, what exactly are you saying? What are you trying to communicate to me? And I've I've went past that step. Um, so with all that, I'm going, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, at first, I was in between like a three and a half to a four. But I'm, I'm going to give it four fists because... I think it's good stuff that could be like taken away from this book. However, I feel like just to like, just reading it, there's a level of like difficulty that's there. And maybe if it was easier, you know, that, that for me, that would allow me to give it like a higher rating, but I'm gonna go with four. Okay. That's real. That's real. Because I like to your point, Jeff, like if you don't have context, I think I think this book is for somebody that you get you had to go through some stuff to kind of get it. Yeah. First read, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I so I would I would understand it. And, that, and everybody, everybody has their like their own unique journey. So that that resonates with me, Jeff. Thanks for dropping that. I would say uh, my final take on it is I I highly suggest that if if and when you you are ready to go deeper within yourself to really tap into who you are and really tap into what you are capable of this is what you should read um it's not a book for entertainment. Mm. 
it's a book that will require a lot of yourself. Um, so don't read it if you, you don't have a lot to offer. Right? Don't read it if you're not willing to do the work. This book, it's, it's a primer. And the, the greater work of art or literary work of art is yet to be written because that is where you come in as the reader, right? When you start to map out your intentions and your affirmations, that's where the literary work of art takes place. And um, like I said, this thing, this thing pushed me in places I didn't know I could be pushed. Um, it caused me to develop some muscles I didn't know I needed. Um, and held me accountable in a lot of spaces and places that I, I thought I was propelling in. And I learned that I was, I was only floating, not flying. And so I am going to give it five on the black power fist scale, which gives us a 4.3 repeating um, overall. There you have it. It's tough. It's tough, man. Life visioning, a transformative process for activating your unique gifts and highest potential by Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. 4.3 on the Black Power Fist scale for Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev, along with Cousin Jeff. I don't know, man. Next, next go round, man. I don't know if we're going to go this heavy or not, but whatever we decide, we'll let you know. Follow us on social media at, at GRGRLJKEV uh, for the next uh, month's reading. Until next time, be light. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead and say it. You know, I already said it. <laughs> you know, I already said it. Be light.